following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha I'm Leo Lesmarga. What the hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> Have no fear. The sports entertainers are here. Yeah. I am the heel that steals the deal of villain. Stays chilling. The anti-hero of the IWC. Your boy, Mr. Ooh. Rated R. Turn on your mic, Ryan. <clears throat> and our third man on the broadcast team. He is the analysis of the L. Oh. See. He's a man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. He's also the guy responsible for getting AR Fox an all elite contract. Trending! He's trending! <laughs> for the mean streets of Long Island. <laughs> my goodness. AR Fox, you're welcome, my friend. You're very welcome. What's going on, fellas? You know, just uh, having a little conversation before we hit record, before we went live, yeah. live, about um, some production stuff, about some stuff that's happening. Yeah. Right, a little, a little, a bit of an educational conversation, don't a, you think, Ryan? A little bit. Yeah, we're always evolving. You know, we're always trying to, uh, you know, learn more. You know, life's about learning. You can never learn too much in life. Talk about the women revolution is going to be the lucha evolution. The lucha evolution. <laughs> wow, lucha evolution. <laughs> that, that's a good one. The well, there is no more women's revol- uh, evolution. So. <laughs> Uh, Leo, welcome yeah. back. How are you, bro? Yeah, I'm gonna make make a quick run in. Uh, I'm gonna disrupt the place and then wake up the referees for the three count. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. We're here. We're doing some stuff. Uh, trying to grow, bro, all the time. And I love what's going on in wrestling. I always love what's going on in wrestling. Before we do get into the the wrestling conversation of it all, I mentioned this on the full gear uh, recap episode that uh, myself and Ryan did. But congrats to Leo. You know, yeah. let's put the cheers. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Volumes up. Woo! There you go. Leo. You're you've been in uh you've been in morning radio, bro. Yeah. It's awesome. Again, when people tell the what? Thank you, brother. Uh, when somebody tells you that that you're lucky, uh don't believe them. It takes a lot of hard work. And that's why we even with Ryan and with Mario and with Show Futboleo and, and, and with Eno Contigo and Los Radio and everything. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, but just, oh, and also congratulations to Vicky, the friend of the show, who was on ESPN yesterday. So hit the number again. <laughs> Ryan, keep it in your pants. Um, so, <laughs> but nah, dude, uh, it's a win for me. It's a win for us. And just like with everything else that we've done, uh, nobody can stop us, bro. There you go. ECW all the way. That's the mentality that I have. There you go. Just okay. except with Paul Haven and, and fucking screwing people out of money. <laughs> that we're here. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff is happening. So yeah. you know, you know, congrats to Leo and just, uh, his other stuff that he's involved with. But Ryan, how are you, bro? Good man. Uh, you know, 
there's always something to complain about, but I'm not going to complain about anything as of right now. Okay. I'm in a good mood. Okay. Just make, well, okay, uh, okay. You, you can complain about Leo, so maybe I can get an AW no. deal. Wow. All these wrestlers are going to want me to uh, bitch and moan about them now so they could become all elite. They're going to uh, slide yeah, into no, your DMs. Good. How are you, man? I'm I'm good, man. You know, we had a, a very um, fun, interesting, and long weekend. Uh, um, Wait, you know, our trip, our trip to Boston, and then the whole, the whole Survivor Series of it all. But yeah, you know, this weekend is on more on some chill shit. You know, we're back, we're back live doing the show. We're back on Facebook. Leo's wearing a weightlifting belt right now. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Um, <laughs> man, Leo is just an old man, but. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I'm but back. all right, all right, Ryan. Before we get started, just give me a second because it's hashtag. Is my volume's up? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. it's hashtag Rebel time. Oh man, that was good. I needed that. All right, Ryan. Um, I think we should start with the WWE of it all before we get to some other topics because sure. we tend to Survivor Series. I thought Survivor Series. <laughs> Was a great pay per view. It was my first WWE uh, show in uh, maybe close to two years, bro. Pro- yeah, it probably was two years. I think that I, th- I told you guys, I told you, and um, shout out to your, uh, your brother Nick. I told you guys the last WWE show I attended was WWE Extreme Rules back in 2019. So this was my first WWE show in a very long time. And I gotta say, man, top to bottom, I thought the show was fantastic, bro. I went back and watched it uh the next day on and um i enjoyed it as as well watching it on tv i thought the, the whole show was good besides one match and we'll we'll, have, we'll share our our experience during that match but overall man this show you know just like some of the other pay-per-views that happened this year you know the week before was full gear survivor series full gear are going to be two shows that i feel strongly that we're going to talk about you know when it comes to the top 10 shows of the year i thought survivor series hit it yeah man it was uh you know it was a five match card every match delivered uh you know short sweet to the point you know the pay-per-view didn't drag it was paced pretty well um yeah man i enjoyed it from top to bottom i thought both war games matches were really good uh both very different from one another which is uh, a you know a good thing and, uh, yeah, really no complaints for the most part. I mean, of course, you know, that one match, which is the Ronda Rousey-Shotzi match, which we didn't even watch. Uh, we'll get into that. But besides <laughs> that, I mean, really, there's just not much to complain about. You know, AJ and Finn had a had a great <sighs> match. That three-way, three-way was awesome. Oh. And, um, yeah, like I said, five matches. It was like a little mini takeover show. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Before we, we start kind of breaking down just a little bit of what we saw at Survivor Series, do you want to kind of like share the the friends of the show, the thoughts, our um, our trip? Oh, there you go. We got a little run in. We got a little, a little run in by, by Lacey. This is why uh, I keep uh, muting my mic because she's, you know, starting to be a little annoying now. And no, no, no. But you know what? Brown, I think this is, this is a good um, this is a good segue because I was going to ask you if you want to, you know, kind of tell the people our experience trying to get to Boston that kind of pretty much took like forever. But so I drove, so Ryan lives in Long Island as you, you know, the intro of the show, you know, shout outs to, to the whole Long Island. All right. Mean, mean street to Long Island. Okay. Um, so when I get to Long Island, 
for whatever reason, my GPS was like added like an hour for no reason. Okay, like ETA, but somehow this I this was a sign of things to come. Yeah, signs way. of things to come. But somehow I ended up shedding the time down, shedding the time down. Boom, I got there. And the second I got to Long Island, I just got the wolf. And I'm like, I'm in MJF country <laughs> right wolf. now, okay? I got a good wolf of Long Island. I'm like, I'm in MJF country. I called Ryan. I pulled up into uh, front of Ryan's house. And I think that's the first thing I told you. You smell that, Ryan? This is MJF <laughs> country. I got to meet their beautiful dog, Lacey. A lovely golden retriever. I'm all about the animals. I'm all about dogs. I love dogs more than people. And then we hopped in your car, and that's when everything started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, note to self, don't travel too far on a holiday weekend. I, to be honest, bro, like, that was not even on my mind that, you know, Thanksgiving weekend that everybody travels and traffic would be 10 times worse than normal. Um, but man, oh man, it, it took way longer to get to Boston. It probably should have, uh, we left around like what time, like, like noon, noonish. And I feel like, yeah, we left a little bit before 12 o'clock and we literally got there after six, right? Like that was, it, it was just overall, if you think about it, we spend more time on the road than we actually did in Boston. Yeah, we definitely did because we were only there for the show. And then, we you know, stayed. afterwards we went out, we stayed overnight, and then we left around like 9.30, 10-ish the next morning. And then, my goodness, uh, Sunday morning, it took us even longer to get back home too. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely spent more time in the car on the road than we actually did in the uh, the beautiful city of Beantown. And the thing is, Boston's actually a really, really dope city. Like, I would it like is, to go out to Boston, like, on some non-wrestling shit, just to, just to kind of chill out in Boston for, like, a weekend or a couple days, because it's, like, a really dope city. Like, everyone's nice, shockingly, especially because, like, North, the Northeast gets, like, this whole bad rap. Like, everyone's, like, jerks, right? Especially, like, us that live in Jersey New York. Like, everybody's just rude and shit. And then you go out to Boston, right? And that's a, another misconception, too. Like, you think Boston Northeast, you think, like, oh, it can't be that far away from, like, New York. But no, it's actually a hike. And then on a holiday weekend. But, yeah, man, um, I think Boston at times gets, like, a bad rap. And I thought Boston was pretty cool, man. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Um, this is only my second time for a wrestling show. But, man, like, yeah, every time I'm there, I enjoy the city. Um, you know, every time I leave, I'm always like, damn, I wish I could have done, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, so each time I go there, I try and knock off a few different things um, to do. But, yeah, for the most part, it's it's a it's a really beautiful, beautiful little city. And uh, we had fun going out on Saturday night after the show. Uh, some nice strip of the bars there, too, which yep. is my first time really seeing those. Yep. Um, we found like some really chill, low key type of place <laughs> right up our alley. We're getting older, so we're not in the uh, the club scene. We're, we're walking past all these bars, and you can hear the music when you're not like like literally. This bar was like five places down, and I could hear the music blasting. We look in the window, we see girls like with barely anything on, just like. Dude, like it, this was just a place not for us. Like we were not 21 anymore, and we were just like, nope. So we, we literally walked back, 
and there's this place with no cover charge, no <laughs> loud music, and there was nobody at the bar. So there, we're like, that's our type music. of place. music. It just wasn't like it, as live. Yeah, it wasn't. You couldn't hear it from the streets. Right. And the thing is, I was telling Nick and Ryan, and keep in mind, Ryan and Nick are younger than me. I was telling them, like, listen, if this would have been six years ago, I would have been telling these guys, like, we're going in there. <laughs> yeah, listen, I may look young, but I ain't that young anymore, and I can't hang like that. I can't go to those type of places. Um, just not a, not. I already been there, done that. Right. So and the fu- and the funny thing is, like, um. Our bartender, I don't know what she was doing to our drinks, but <laughs> but she was hooking it up. Let's just put it that way, she right? Was, and was, and we didn't get like trashed awesome. or anything, but we were feeling nice. Okay. Yeah. You know, we had a couple of drinks. It was a nice environment. We had some good conversations happening. And we leave and we're asking, like, listen, we're hungry at this point. Like, I think everybody for the most part was thinking it, but we was like, Do we do we want to get something to eat like at two something in the morning? So we ended up asking the bartender and she directed us to this uh bakery that apparently sells pizza. Okay. Well, do you know what was the name of the place? Do you remember? It started with a B, right? Bovas. Was it Bovas? I think it might have been Bovas. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was Bovas. So which was literally around the corner from this strip of bars. So we go over there. And it was packed. There was, a, there was a security guard outside, you know, just, like, directing, not traffic, but, like, kind of directing people where to go and stuff. And he was a cool dude. And we go in there, and there's mad people in there. Like, apparently, this place is open 24-7. And we go to the, we go to the place, and to our surprise, they're not selling pizza anymore. <laughs> Shocker, yeah. They, they actually, so we got there around 1.30, and they stopped serving pizza at 1.00. So, yeah, so we're shit out of luck. But I mean, they did have other things. So we did get some food. And um, um, I kept on, I had Ryan rolling um, that night because I didn't know what to get. So I saw this croissant, right? <laughs> I saw this croissant and I was like, I'll just take a croissant or whatever. So the girl that worked behind the counter, she says like, it's a croissant, but it has like, she told me what it was. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound bad. So I grabbed it. It was like a pastry. I ended up eating it like. Like, within seconds, I'm like, yo, this is great. I'm going to go back inside and get another one. Dude, yeah. You, you I were, just had a ride rolling. Because you were, you were definitely feeling some type of way, and you're just out there. And I, so I'm in there. I'm getting – I got a freaking, like – I don't even know what the hell these things were. It was, like, some chicken parm, like – no, it was a croissant. I don't even know what the hell it was. It was some, some chicken parm in, like, a pastry. I mean, Jesus, when you're drunk at 2 a.m., that shit hit the spot. Um, and then I got some, like, rice ball uh, – I think that's why Nick ended up getting two. I think he got a rice ball, didn't he? Yeah. So by the time I got out of there with my tray of food, you're just there. You're just like <laughs> chomping down on this croissant. I'm like, what is that? He's like, I, you're like, I don't know. It's some croissant gimmick, but it's good. I'm going to go get another one. <laughs> you just ran in and got another one. Like, I don't even, was, you didn't even know what it was. Dude, it was so uh, good. It was. It had like, it was a croissant type thing and it had like, like a cinnamon type of sweet to it it was really really good so i didn't know it was a dessert until you told us the next day (laughs) you're eating dessert over there yeah man it was good Uh, man it hit the spot i I, hey after i ate my rice bowl and chicken parm whatever the hell i ate i went back and got like two cannolis bro like i've never i don't want to say i've never eaten so much in my life because that's that would be a false statement but man oh man uh i ate a lot in that half hour span that we were standing outside of bovas in the freezing cold yeah, yeah, it was definitely, it was fun. It was a fun night, especially coming yeah. from Survivor Series on that high. And then before we even attended the show, we went to that that marketplace. What was the name of the place? Yeah, again? Quincy Market. Okay. Uh, it's pretty historical. Uh, 
in Boston. If you guys haven't noticed, you know, based on past episodes, Ryan is a big merch guy. Big <laughs> merch guy. So we ended up going to, they had like a WWE um, kind of like shop at this market gimmick, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They had one of them shops and they went in and I went inside too for a couple minutes and then I got a wolf <laughs> of something that I did not like and I was like, all right, it's time for me to go. Okay, and I and I ended up uh, waiting for uh, Ryan and Nick outside, but the, the whole setup. I mean, it's a small store, right? And you have yeah, yeah. pretty much what you expect to see in one of these WWE like shop. You know, you have like the you know the the Bloodline shirts, the Roman Reigns shirts. Um, what else do they have there? They had a whole bunch of random shit that. What is it that your boy always says? Like a whole bunch of shit that you really don't need, but you buy it anyway. Yeah, that's, that's WWE stores are like you know you just go in there and you buy a bunch of crap that you'll probably never wear and never use, and that's exactly what has happened so far. I bought like a t-shirt. I bought a beer koozie, dude. I'm probably never wearing the t-shirt. I've never, I've still haven't worn it, and uh, the beer koozie by the time next summer comes, I probably won't even need it. So. Uh, I don't know. I just buy a random, bunch of random crap. I'm a sucker for for that stuff. So yeah, big merch guys over here. And I just like to get something to like commemorate, like you know, right. going to the event too. So you know, right? Uh, okay, so after that, we ended up getting something to eat, and then we we actually walked to TD Garden, which wasn't a bad walk, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like, I mean, the GPS, a walking GPS, said like 15 minutes, but it was definitely not 15 minutes. It was definitely like more closer to like 10 minutes, I'd say. So when we walk over there and we when we get to the, the strip that the TD Garden is at, and I forget what's the street name that it's on, but, like, the one thing I noticed, keep in mind, this is my first time, at, you know, being at the TD Garden, right, and actually seeing it, like, you know, face-to-face, I'm in front of it. I'm like, yo, this is, like, the adjacent version of, like, Penn Station, Madison Square Garden. Like, the way it looks, like, visually, the way it's set up, it's, like... It's like a, you know, like, especially like in, when it comes to like the multiverse and like worlds and shit with like comics and shit, like that would be like world like 35 or something. Like the way it was set up, like it kind of looks like the outside of Penn Station, Madison Square Garden, except just less people. Yeah, that was my, so like, I've only been there one other time previously before this and I've never went in the way we went in. So this was like new to me too, like seeing it the way it is. Um, because from what I remember the last time I went in 2016. So that was, um, Hell in a Cell 2016. Sasha Banks, Charlotte, um, and uh, I do not remember going in that same exact way we went in. So, yeah, it was pretty weird. It was like, you know, you take the escalators up, which is yeah. like if you're in Penn Station, you take the escalator up to the garden. Right. And then, yeah, like everything, like even like walking through There's like the security. Bars on the side of yeah. the garden, just like MSG. Just so like it. It, it was yeah. like, and then you go so, in I mean, there. And they're trying see, to be yeah. us pretty much. So, I mean. <laughs> It's basically what it is. Boston's trying to be us so badly that, you know, and honestly, like as a New Yorker, I don't really, so I'm not a Yankees fan. Like, you know, I don't, I don't hate the Boston, like Red Sox or the city of Boston as much as some other New Yorkers probably do. But let's be honest, they're trying to be us and they can never be us, baby. The way we just put the kings, over, the, the way king. the way we just put over Boston in the first 15 minutes of the episode. And now, <laughs> and now I'm burying them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we go, so we get into the venue, and and another thing that I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put over Boston, and I gotta commend them is the way security was like handling like everybody that was going in there. And first of all, they weren't dicks about it; they were for the most part pretty chill and laid back. And it's like you're going through TSA. They mm-hmm. they make they check everything on you. They make sure like you're not taking, minus taking your shoes off. Minus taking your shoes off, <laughs> but they make sure that you're not bringing anything crazy. Because let's be honest here, 
a lot of these, you know, not even beyond wrestling, a lot of these like arenas and like, like, um, stadiums, they could do a better job at like searching people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the way they had it set up here at TD Garden, it's like they're making sure like you're not bringing anything you're not supposed to. And it kind of goes back to what was that like a year or two ago when that idiot attacked Seth Rollins in Brooklyn? Like, yeah. listen, if security was to do a better job at doing their job, guess what? That wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't even, you know, I don't want to revisit that whole thing. I don't even know how that even happened in the first place. But, yeah, there's no excuse with the amount of uh, security and security measures that they take, you know, just to get into the events and, you know, even being inside. You know, that's obviously something that, well, hopefully it never happens again. But the fact that it even had to happen in the first place was ridiculous. But, um, yeah. All right, so boom, we're at the TD Garden. We're pumped up. We get to our seats, and I'm like, "Wow, these are stuff. They're they're fucking amazing seats. This is probably one of, the... yeah, I think for for WWE Evolution, I this that close, but not as close as we did for uh for Survivor Series. That's probably the closest I ever sat for a WWE show. And yeah, man, there were last minute seats. Yeah, I was just gonna we... say that. Yeah, mind you, we bought these. Um... <laughs> on the car ride there so we i only mean we were there the whole day out. so we had more than enough time <laughs> right right yeah we could have even waited and you know who who the hell knows what we could have ended up getting but we got a great deal and honestly the the view and the experience was 100 percent worth it for what we paid yeah dude um you know shout outs to both you and nick for for scoring these tickets because man I, like i said first time back at a wb show in over two years and then you get seats like that for such a great show Oh man, like it just, it just felt like the second you got in the arena and the second we sat in our seats, it just felt like, okay, this is going to be a a really, really cool and great night. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, it's, I wanted a good view for, again, I'm like weird when it comes to certain things like this, like, you know, like it's, it's a special event. Like this is why I really wanted to go was mainly because of war games. I wanted to always see the war games match live and I've seen it in GCW, but um, I don't want to say it doesn't count, but I wanted to see it like in WWE. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to just get, you know, or settle for, you know, the seats all the way at the top. I mean, if that was the only option, then sure. But, um, you know, I figured we could score a pretty decent deal a day of if, if prices go down, I could find something reasonable. And, um, you know, for going all the way to Boston and God, I mean, with the amount of shit we had to go through just to get there with the traffic and everything. Right. Um, I did not want to just get some seats all the way up at the top. I wanted a good view of everything. So we definitely got that. All right, let's go through this card, man. This is <clears throat> out of the two war games matches. I think when it comes to like an in-ring standpoint, I think this was the the best one out of the two. And and I'm not mm-hmm. taking nothing away from the main event because the main event was phenomenal also. But I thought every single female performer in this match busted their fucking ass. Some of them almost nearly died. Uh, this match was great. The only, and this is more of a booking issue, is not, it has nothing to do with the performance from the women. It has nothing to do with, with what we saw in ring wise. It's like you would think after all the matches that Bailey and Bianca gave us, you really thought, and I get Becky was coming back, you thought like in theory, damage control should have won this match, right? Mm-hmm. And no, they take another L. So it's like damage control should be called damaged control because, like, it's like they have no legs to stand on anymore. Like, I get they're the tag team champions, but I don't know, man. It's like how many L's can this stable take? 
yeah, it was. I'll be honest. I don't want to say I was surprised by the result because I mean, hey, it doesn't surprise me anymore. Uh, you know, with the amount of times, I guess you could say that they've buried damage control. Um, I know they've won the tag titles and stuff and they're getting opportunities, but I mean, for the most part, when it comes to winning and losing, you know, they lose more than they win. And, uh, yeah, so it, you can kind of call it a burial. And so I, I'm not surprised at the, at the, the result here, but I definitely thought damage control should have went over. I still think they should have went over. Um, you know, I guess it is what it is. It was a cool finish. The match was good. So, I'm not going to complain too much. And I think, you know, Bailey and Dakota and EO will be just fine. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, let me tell you, Triple H has done a lot of things right. So when he does things wrong, it kind of like makes you scratch your head. You're like, hmm, like, why wouldn't he think, you know, putting over damage control would be the right move here? And I don't know. I would love to know why, um, you know, he didn't make that decision. But for all the good he does, there is some, things that are questionable and this was definitely a questionable move by him it would have made sense for them to to take the l like let's say bailey would have beaten bianca for the title at money in the sand that mm -hmm. would have kind of like evened everything out but right right i just yeah. it's just too many l's at this point like yes they're the tag champs but like what else like they just i feel like i constantly see them catching l's more bailey than anything also, I wanted to give a shout-out to Dakota Kai because, man, I think out of all the women in this match, she got the most, like, like yeah. the most, like, damage. <laughs> you know, no no pun. Yeah, she was in there for the longest. Well, not the longest because she started with Bianca, so both of them were in there the longest. Um, but she definitely got, you know, pretty effed up in there the most, I would say, being thrown, being, like, literally tossed into the cage. A couple of times we were like, oh, shit, like, out loud. Um, yeah, she's an MVP. Uh, she's been in, this is her, like, fourth or fifth War Games match, I, I believe. Um, I saw her posted on Instagram um, last week, but I forget. But she's been in a lot of them, so she has a lot of experience in this. So maybe she was like, hey, listen, since I'm, like, a veteran of this, like, I'll take most of these bumps. I don't really know how that works. I'd love to know, you know, how they like pick and choose right. who bumps and takes what spot and does what, you know, in, in these uh, types of matches. But yeah, she's for sure an MVP. She's awesome. Uh, big fan of her. And yeah, shout outs to her for, like I said, being in there the longest and taking the most most uh, damage. No pun intended. Another thing that I noticed, and then we'll move on to, to what followed after this. But one thing I did notice, I don't know if you caught this too, like after the match was over and you see all the women that were celebrating, like... I don't know why, but, like, when I saw that, like, saw, like, Team Bianca, like, all, like, gathered up together in the front of the camera for that shot, it kind of gave me, like, this vibe, like, they just won, like, like, the Super Bowl or, like, the World Series or, like, like, like a big game, right? Because they were all, like, united, and they were kind of, like, cheering, celebrating, like, they just did something, like, amazing, which they did, they did, and I think... To an extent, like, all the women that were in this match might feel accomplished. Like, hey, we started, we opened up the show with War Games. We killed it out there. You hear the ovation from the crowd. I, like, I think I even mentioned this to you and Nick, like, after this match. Like, I wonder what their interactions were, like, backstage, like, once they go, like, behind the curtain. Like, like I, I would love to, like, I would love to be on the fly in the wall just to see, like, their interactions. Like, them celebrating, feeling like, hey, we accomplished, like, a really dope match. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, it's the first one of the main roster. I mean, really, the, obviously, they kicked off the show, so they were the first ones to go out there. and uh, They set you know, the tone. Yeah, Triple H said this in the post-show press conference. He's like, everybody talks about the main event and closing the show, but, 
you know, opening the show is just as important as closing the show. You need a good opening and you, you need a good closing. So they opened the show in grand fashion. Like, like you said, the, it was a great performance by all of them. Um, you know, some clunky spots here and there, some things that were botched right. here and there, of course. But, I mean, you know, that's nitpicking. If you want to nitpick, you know, I mean, again, they're the ones actually in there taking these bumps and doing these spots. And you got some fat oh, uh, slob mark on the couch nitpicking that, oh, this was sloppy, this was that. Well, you know, I mean, shit happens sometimes, you know. that's that's It is what it is. I, it was – I'm not going to say – so some of these women, like I just mentioned, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, um, Rhea Ripley, I think – um, I'm not really sure who else, maybe Nikki Cross, but those are like the only ones that actually have competed in this type of match before. Mm-hmm. It's all new to everybody else. Yep. So for, for, you know, a totally new type of, it's not a new type of match, but to some people it is. Um, and you know, for, for having to put on this type of performance, I think they did a hell of a job. So I hope they went out back there and triple H applauded them and celebrated with them because I think it was a job well done. Yeah, definitely an accomplishment. And, you know, shout out to all the women because they put on a phenomenal performance. Speaking of phenomenal, that's a great segue. See what I did there? Finn Balor, AJ Styles. I knew this match wasn't going to disappoint because their first encounter was a great match. And this match was another amazing match. Both these guys have great chemistry with each other. And I just love the element with like the OC and the Judgment Day at ringside. We were cracking up during like the brawl outside of the match because like... <laughs> At one point, um, Dominic pulls, I think, AJ's leg, and then, like, the Good Brothers, like, run towards him or whatever, and they just start laying it on Dominic. Uh, Damian Priest gets involved, so they start brawling. Me and Ryan start losing it because Gallus, Gallus is a big guy, okay? <laughs> Gallus just grabs Dominic and just throws him to the barricade, and you just see him, like, he completely just vanishes, like. He, he it was comes, dude. You had to be there to it, see it. it was, I don't even know if it. Um, so I'm. So you said you watched it back. So I watched it. So when it? you watch it back, like the camera just catches him, like just hit, hitting the guard. Right? Like he just takes like a tumble. But from where we we were like on the on the side, like the, what is that? The um, across the hard cam, right? So yeah, camera side. Yeah. yeah, the camera side. So we're watching it from our view. You just see Dominic disappear. Like he just disappears out of nowhere. Um, and then they start, they continue brawling, but AJ and Finn, dude, like even them, like doing each other's moves at one point during the match. And also like credit to AJ hitting that phenomenal forearm with that much space that he had to get that jump in. Cause think about it, there's two rings now. So you only yeah. have a certain amount of space to get this. You kind of got to like jump forward instead of like kind of getting like a good, like, like kind of like a good slingshot. So you kind of got to jump forward to hit the phenomenal forearm. Dude, I thought this match was great. And I think the guy, the right guy went over. I think AJ needed a win. He did. Yeah. There's, there's like um, a stat out there on Twitter. I'm sure somebody could find it. I don't know what the exact thing is, but um, he's gone a long time without a win on pay-per-view. And again, in WWE, it's like wins and losses. Let's be honest. They really don't matter. So it's like, whatever. It is what it is. AJ Styles is still AJ Styles. So nothing's going to, nobody's taking anything away from him because he hasn't won a pay-per-view match in like over a year, you know? But um, that was something out there that I think I saw this before the pay-per-view too. So I was like, okay, well, he definitely has to go over then. I don't think, you know, there's no reason for him to lose here. And, you know, 
he went over and like you said, the match was great. The brawl on the outside, which took, uh, you know, some of the, the guys out of play. So just left AJ and Finn in there to do what they do best. Mm-hmm. Of course, they have great chemistry together and uh, yeah, they knocked it out of the park. I have no complaints about this. Like you said before, it's not surprising in the slightest that they went out there and had a great match. Amazing match. So, Boom, we're hyped now after seeing AJ and Finn. <laughs> two two great matches in a row, right? And also you think about it like starting the show from with a war games match, you're like, okay, they set the they set the tone for this pay-per-view. Okay. Now it's like every other performer has to deliver. Cause like, yo, you could argue that the war games match could have been the match of the night, because that's how great the war games match was. Boom. Mm-hmm. AJ and Finn, I think they fouled great. Like, excitement level, the crowd was invested, great stuff. Then we see the Shotzi and Ronda um, little preview. We're like, oh, time to go. And listen. <laughs> we literally, as soon as the video started playing, we're like, oh, here we go, we're up, we're and, going. And listen, I'm not one of these people that, that I, listen, I love women's wrestling. I, there's a, the, Some of my favorite wrestlers are women. But... You got to get me invested on what I watch, right? Just like Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose a week before at Full Gear. You stuck a 24-7 championship-like storyline for the women's mid-card title. Like, why would you do that, right? So, like, if you don't get me invested, I don't care if if it's a men's wrestling match or women's. It doesn't matter. If I'm not invested, I'm either going to be on my phone or I'm going to go take a piss, okay? And... When it comes to Ronda and Shotzi, and listen, I like Shotzi. I don't like the tank, but I do like Shotzi. I think she has a lot of potential. But they never gave us a reason to give a shit about Shotzi and Ronda. Another thing. This is a hot take. People might not even like what I'm going to say. I think right now, the last year that Ronda has returned, like any type of like value that the Ronda Rousey brand has had, right? I think has gone down to like the lowest of the low. You know, sometimes I even forget that she's like not not take away the fact that she's like a women's world champion. Sometimes I forget that she's even contracted to WWE. I forget that she's an active wrestler. That's how much I don't give a shit about Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Dude, I know. I mean, listen, Ronda's first run when she came in in 2018 at the Royal Rumble, had that had that really, really, I mean, let's let's give credit where it's due. That match at WrestleMania 34, that tag match with her and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Steph was one of the best matches on that card. Yep. I thought that was excellent. Um, her whole entire run after that I thought was pretty good. She won the women's title. She had a good match at the Royal Rumble 2019 with Sasha Banks. Um, I think she had a match with like Ruby Soho at, at some point. She, she had a decent run there. Uh, with the title her first time around. <laughs> Ever since coming back at the Royal Rumble this year, though, my goodness, it has been an utter disaster from her promo work, which was never really good to begin with. But even now, her in-ring work has just gone downhill, and she is just god-awful. Every single time she's on my screen, I just don't give a shit about her. And, and you know, I don't hate Ronda Rousey. I, I watched her in the UFC. I... You know, I guess you could say I'm a fan. Um, you know, I don't like her attitude at times, but I don't hate her the way some people hate her. You know, I want her to do well, of course. You know, I won't ever see anybody go in there and fail. But it just ain't working. It's not doing nothing for me. She 
Should not have won the title back, in my opinion. Um, she dropped it to Liv Morgan. That was great. This is some of the, these are some of the things I do applaud her for. Uh, apparently, she you know petitioned to, to drop this belt to Liv. She wanted to put Liv over at the time and things like that. And whether that's true or not, I'm going to believe it's true. I applaud her for that. I think you know she's got the right mindset when it comes to things like that. And I guess it was up to Vince or maybe it was, well, no trips at the, uh, cause obviously triple H took over and she won the title back at extreme rules. But I don't know. I just think, uh, I don't think she should have won the belt back. You either keep it on Liv Morgan or you have Liv drop it to somebody else, literally anybody else. It could have been anybody. It could have been Shotzi for all I care. Um, Rhonda does not need this belt. She doesn't even need to be in the company anymore. Let's be honest. I'm hoping this run ends at WrestleMania and we and- never see her again. She's done, yeah, and she's done because what else is there for her to do? You know? <sighs> yeah, dude. Um, I'm just not a fan, bro. I'm not a fan. I do agree with you. When she showed up in 2018, I thought her first run was great for the most part. Um her match at WrestleMania 34, I thought was phenomenal. The mixed tag match with with her and Krenangle versus Stephanie Triple H. Fantastic match. Some may argue that might have been match of the night at that pay-per-view, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think her first run, she did do some good stuff, but man, it's just not clicking this time around. Like I, I, I told you, I forget, I forget sometimes that she's contracted by the company. I forget that she's in the WWE and she's the women's world champion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know. I mean, listen, I don't even know what you do moving forward here either, because like, Listen, I know, like, the, uh, you know, her feud with Becky Lynch, you know, a couple of years ago was a big thing. And we never got that one-on-one Ronda and Becky match. But let's be honest. Does anybody even want to see that anymore? So, I thought so like, about who that. does she face at WrestleMania so that I, people I, are going to – that's going to get people interested? I thought about this, okay? And some people might like what I'm going to say, and some people might hate it. You know what I think they should do? If, indeed, Ronda and Becky's the plan for WrestleMania – what's that, 39? 39, right? Did I say that right? Yeah, 39. Man, you have the whole story of, you know, like, did Becky really pin Ronda, right? Remember, like, Mm -hmm. the whole with WrestleMania, what was that, 35, when people were like, oh, was was Ronda's shoulders up? Listen, man, you, if you want to, because nobody wants to see Ronda, okay? Nobody wants to see Ronda. I think this is what you do, and we never see Ronda again. At WrestleMania 39, Becky and Ronda... You have Becky squash Ronda. Boom. Like straight roll up. One, two, three. The crowd goes nuts. People will be happy. And then that's it. We never see Ronda again. Yeah, listen, I don't know who I don't know if anybody would have a problem with that, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know anybody who's like diehard defender of Ronda Rousey. So I mean that would be brilliant. Will they do that? Probably not. Um, that would be hilarious. But they either should. way. They should. They should. Either way, she needs to leave after after this. She needs to be gone. Uh, go back to the farm, go take care of your kid, do whatever you got to do outside of the world of professional wrestling, because literally nobody wants to see her anymore. I, I I just, if anybody out there that actually enjoys Ronda Rousey, I would love to know how and why you do, uh, because I don't know. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either, to be quite honest with you. All right. Uh, triple threat match for the United States Championship. Seth Rollins defending... The United States title against Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Another great match. Fantastic triple threat match. Loved it. But, you know, I did not see Austin Theory winning. And let me just 
start by saying I'm not an Austin Theory hater, okay? I think the guy has, and I've said it in the past episode, I think this guy has all the potential in the world to be a star. But this whole year, even with, since Triple H has taken, the, taken control of everything, something about his character development is just not doing it for me. I think at one point we were watching this match and we were like saying like, yo, Austin Theory is just such a dweeb. Like he just comes off like such a, like just an, like an idiot. Like that's like the best way to put it. Like he just comes off very dumb at times. And yeah, he granted he won the match and he, now he's the United States champion. And, and I think WWE and Triple H and company are taking the proper steps to like build him back up and kind of give him an edge. And that's fine, but it's still not doing much for me. But I think it's somewhat of an improvement. I still think the whole Money in the Bank fiasco, I think that was a complete botch. Regardless on like if Vince is a guy that wanted him to be Money in the Bank. Like there's so many different directions you could have done with that. You could have had him drop the title. You could have still had him cash in on Roman and have a failed cash in. That still would have been better than him cashing in on, on, on Seth Rollins for the United States title. I just think the mishandling of that has soured my taste on the guy. Um, and listen, it's not his fault. But like... I think Nick even pointed out when we were watching uh, this match. You remember Austin Theory and Evolve? That character? Like, I wish we saw more of that than what we're necessarily getting now of him. Yeah, I think this is the start of Triple H rebuilding Austin Theory the way he views Austin Theory. Um, so I think that there's a possibility that we could get that Evolve-type Austin Theory eventually in the future. So, like, I had no problems with him winning the United States title here. I know he already won it previously. I know this comes after a failed cash-in. But, listen, I think that stuff needed to happen mm -hmm. um, in order for, you know, him to be built back up, you know. I, I think under Triple H, he just wants to start fresh, take this money in the bank off of him, and then now he wins in a kind of, well, obviously in a heelish way, right? Like, Bobby Lashley goes to Spear, Rollins when he has – theory up and then you know theory ends up covering him which by the way that spear listen like it was a cool spot i understand what they try to do but i just think it looked terrible um i just you know it's hard to do but i just think he kind of came off looking weird uh but nonetheless awesome theory just covers rounds and that's it and uh yeah we'll see where this run goes but i think this is the start of austin theory becoming hopefully bigger um and more interesting i think you know, for people to get kind of get behind this guy, because like you said, for, for the longest time, he's kind of just been a dork, been a geek, been a, a loser, I guess. Like he, he just comes off as very like, uh, like, like I said, like a dork, like a big dweeb. And I think we, <sighs> we've seen the potential that Austin yeah. Theory has, and he shouldn't be a kind of a, a goofy character. You know, he should be this badass type of heel who does whatever he needs to do to win matches. And, you know, just, cut great promos, which I think he's great on the mic. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. But I think Triple H is rebuilding him back the way he wants to, to build him this time around. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So throughout the whole night, we've been getting these like backstage um, segments with Roman Reigns. First, he was talking to Jey Uso. Jey Uso's telling him about his concerns with Sami Zayn, how he's never liked Sami Zayn. He can't trust him. And that you guys, do you guys really like this guy? Like, I just don't understand. He's not family, blah, blah, blah. Roman said he's going to take care of it because he's the head of the table. He's the tribal chief. He's going to take care of what he does best. He's going to take care of the whole situation. He calls in Sammy. Calls in Sammy, and he told him, he's like, listen, I need you to tell me straight to my face 
Did you talk to anyone before uh, before uh, you got to like the 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 locker room, uh, our locker room last uh, last night? And Sammy tells him he spoke to Kevin Owens. He explained to him what happened. He said that you have nothing to worry about. That he's 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 down. He's part of the bloodline. You guys are my family. Got a little got a little bit emotional right there, you know, with Sammy visually. And Roman told him to stand up and gave him a hug. And you know, we thought at least for the most part, for now, between Roman and Sammy, everything's cool. We get this War Games match. This is storytelling at its finest. This whole entire match. Because while you do have all these different feuds happening with Drew McIntyre having issues with the bloodline, you have Sheamus and company having issues with the bloodline, and Kevin Owens also has issues with the bloodline, but also Kevin Owens is trying to make Sami Zayn to snap out of it. Like, he's trying to make him see the light. Like, these guys are going to turn on you. While all this is happening, the real story was... Can Sammy really be faithful to the bloodline? And can the bloodline, specifically more Jey Uso, if anything, can he finally just accept Sami Zayn? This match was great. And then the final moment where Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns are going at it. And Sammy stops a pin. But he doesn't stop the pin by attacking Kevin Owens and hitting Kevin Owens. No, he stops the referee from making that three count. And now Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are just staring at each other. And out of nowhere, a low blow. The whole crowd goes nuts. And he just offers Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, after, hit, after hitting a, a haluva kick, okay, on Kevin Owens, which the fans were going nuts for too, after Roman gave him a nod. He kind of just hands Jey Uso this fresh piece of meat and goes like, here, I'm sacrificing my best friend to the bloodline because I'm down with the bloodline. You guys are my family now. And then Jey Uso hits that splash. The bloodline picks up this win. And finally, you get the hug. Well, you get another hug between Roman and Sammy because they're, they're cool, okay, at least for now. But you finally get the embrace, the embrace of the century, okay, between Jey Uso and Sammy Zayn. Oh, mwah, chef's kiss, bro. I... Oh, man, right in the fields. Big pop from the people. We were going nuts, and we were just saying, like, man, this is storytelling, bro. Dude, I was so invested from every little move, every little thing that happened, you know? Like, everybody on the edge of their seats, like, waiting to see what's going to happen next. Is he going to turn? Is he going to, you know, side with Kevin Owens, or is he going to be loyal to the bloodline? And, oh, my God, yeah, I mean, it was just incredible. Sami Zayn is just on an unreal run. I mean, he's always been really good. Yes. And I think, you know... A lot of people for a long time were like, oh, he's just a com comedy character. He's just a comedic act and this and that. But, man, every every single thing he does, whether it's working with Johnny Knoxville or freaking, you know, the storyline with the bloodline, he has knocked every single thing out of the freaking park. And I'm so glad he's getting his flowers and he's finally, you know, becoming a, a huge star in the company. You know, he's obviously main event in this pay-per-view. He talked about it afterwards after on the press conference about how cool it is to main event with Roman Reigns. Um, you know, among all the other guys that were in the match too, but of course with the the company's top dog and be involved in the top storyline and not even just WWE, but in wrestling. Um, it's just incredible, man. And the the hug, like you said, got a huge pop. Oh, um, I don't pop. know how it came across on TV, but in being in the building, it was it was pretty big. And uh, just like I said, just awesome stuff all around. I I can't get enough of this. Unfortunately, I think it's 
going to come to oh, a head at some point in the next few months, probably leading to WrestleMania. Is it bad that I don't, I don't want this it. to end? Is it, yeah. that, is it bad that I don't want this to end? Like, No, it's not bad. Oh. It's I don't think anybody wants it to end, man. I just want this to keep going forever and ever and ever. I just, I, I don't know, like, it's going to come a point where it's like, okay, what more can right, you right, actually right, right. do? But, oh, man, it's so good right now. It's so enjoyable. It's like when it's over, it's going to be so, uh, so sad. But we'll enjoy it for, for now. And, uh, yeah, that's why I mentioned before how different the women's War Games match was from the men's mm-hmm. because this match was all about storytelling. Yep. Yep. You really didn't see many weapons being used. You didn't really see high spots. I'm actually surprised we didn't get, like, a high spot off the top of the cage. We we, we were predicting oh. that it was going to be Kevin Owens jumping off of there. Yeah, yeah. If, if anybody, I would, I would probably think it would have been him. But, um, you know, it, the match itself it was just all about Sami Zayn and his loyalty. And uh, that's what it's going to be remembered for. That's what this pay-per-view is going to be remembered for specifically, I mm-hmm. think, is the night Sami Zayn showed his loyalty to the bloodline and got Jay Uso's approval oh, to, so uh, to be in the group. So Big pop. Big pop. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So before we talk about some more bloodline stuff, I, I do want to also throw this out there. And I posted it in the Lucha stories like a couple of days after Survivor Series. I finally got to take it all in when it comes to the Bloodline entrance. I finally got to witness this live. And I got to tell you, dude, this is to me. And there might be some people that might disagree. Okay. I think this is right now the best entrance in wrestling right now going, going oh, yeah. on today. Just the music, the presence, the energy of the audience. Man, let me tell you, ugh, so good. And then we were also noticing, um, what's the girl's name? Samantha um, Irvin, is that her name? Yep. Okay, this is one thing we pointed out. For those that know who don't know who Samantha Irvin is, it's the it's a very attractive young lady that does the ring announcing on SmackDown. Okay, one thing that we noticed is she gets really into it when she announces the bloodline, and even after she announces, like they just won a match. Like, she gets into it, and, like, her octaves go so up, and, like, it's the way she, like, the cadence and the way she says certain, like, introductions. It's like she could tell she she's really into it. So after the bloodline wins the match, she announces that the bloodline wins the match. I'm looking at her. She's jamming to the entrance theme <laughs> while she's making the announcement. I'm like, man, this is so dope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hey, it's hard not to jam to it, man. It's a, it's a, it's a freaking unbelievable theme song, um, and yeah, listen, the 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 ring announcers they add so much to yeah. entrances. 1,000%. It's so I, th- I think it's some, like really underrated too, because I don't think people really like take into consideration how important that is. You well, know? we do, like, we do. Well, we yeah, well, we are right now, so right. we're giving her a, her acknowledgement mm-hmm. and her flowers. Um, and even though the woman who does the NXT, she's really uh, good too. She's really yeah, she good did too. the women's war games, and I always uh, forget you know, her name. I always yeah. forget her name. I don't know her name, and I hate that I don't know it because she deserves her name to be mentioned. Yeah, you go look it up real quick. But she literally uh, gets so into it with like, and now let the war games begin. Like it's it's so important to like have a hype ring announcer like that to get you pumped. And uh, you Alicia know. Taylor, Alicia Taylor, yeah, she's she's excellent yeah, she's too. Great so too. And I WWE love- has yeah. some really good really ring good. announcers. They got Mike Rome too, who um, who was doing some of it. He's on uh, Raw. They just have really good ring announcers, and it adds so much to entrances. When I think of Alicia Taylor announcing War Games, it kind of reminds me like she's paying homage to William Regal because they have like the same cadence when they say War Games. 
Yeah, well, hey, that's good because we didn't get William Regal right. uh, here to this year to be like uh, war games. So right. we needed somebody to, to, I guess, fill those shoes. So mm-hmm. thank you, Alicia, for um, for filling those and doing a phenomenal job. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to what you said about Samantha Irvin. She was excellent throughout this whole bloodline entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, the way she announces each member and oh, she really so gets good. into it, too. Like if you're watching live, you can only see me doing this. If you're listening back on the podcast, you can't really see. But she basically like, closes her eyes and she just gets into it so much. Like when you're there, like you can notice these type of things. And I was watching her and she literally is like closing her eyes and getting yeah. so into it. And it's really like, uh, it. I don't know, it's just really cool. It's really awesome to see. Yeah, really, really, uh, really dope. And. I don't know. I think as a fan too, it's like the little things, right? Like you see someone like that. Keep in mind, they they work for WWE, right? They're just doing a job, but just seeing them that they're getting into, they're doing their job announcing and also getting into the match, and then seeing them jam to the theme, it's like, oh, they're just as invested as we are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they they. It's not just uh, collecting a paycheck for them. It's like they are passionate about what they do. So and it's and it shows. All right, so more on the bloodline stuff and Roman Reigns and where do we go from here? Did you um read or hear apparently Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns got into like a little backstage situation? Nothing crazy, nothing crazy, yeah. but apparently yeah. um you know Roman fell a certain type of way. Apparently there was like a slap to like the eardrum that wasn't wasn't something that he talked about and ended hap- it ended up happening impromptu, but I guess they Roman was pissed off about it, and I guess a conversation happened, but everything's cool now. It's not going to screw up any plans of, of any future situations, any future matchups. Did you hear about this? I did, and I don't think it's a big deal at all. I know a lot of people are probably be making a big deal right. about it. I saw some funny memes on um, on Twitter about it and stuff, which was, uh, you know, it was pretty funny. But overall, I don't think this is a big deal. Listen, these two are professionals. Yes. They've worked together numerous times over right. the years i mean have great chemistry together they put on great matches i'm sure they're cool i'm sure they're friends mm-hmm. unfortunately this should happen sometimes if you if, if there's a stiff shot or you know you, you get caught sometimes i mean obviously it's a total accident you know maybe he you know kevin owens obviously shouldn't have slapped him as hard or you know he ended up hitting his eardrum i think that's what it was so it like knocked uh roman's like you know like kind of knocked him out a little bit, right. you know, not knocked him out, but you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I guess shit like this happens, man. It's wrestling. It's ain't ballet, you know? Sometimes, uh, you know, there's some shots that land and, you know, they got to work them out. I'm sure they went backstage and worked out these issues and that was that. So, you know, I think there's a rumored uh, for the Royal Rumble. Kevin Owens will probably be getting the ne- next title shot at Roman. So they'll work together. There will be no beef. There'll be no heat. I think it's. I think it's over with already. It's over right. and done with. It was over and done with that night, probably yep. because again, these two are professionals, and it's. They don't need to drag this out. It's not worth it. Especially watching Monday Night Raw. Clearly, they're continuing the Kevin Owens bloodline story. So you yeah. would think they're going to have the match is going to happen at the Royal Rumble. Which fun fact, this is their third. This would be their third time having a match at the Royal Rumble if this ends up wow. happening. So there's a little Yeah, uh, I do. I remember the pandemic one when they went all around the uh mm-hmm. the stadium with, you know, without fans and stuff. Um and I think yeah, the other one was uh, I think funny enough, I think the other one was actually the last time the Royal Rumble was in San Antonio. Um I don't know why I remember this, but it was the same pay-per-view that John Cena and AJ Styles wrestled for yeah. the WWE Championship yeah. and yeah. uh John Cena won and he tied the record. Yep. 
I believe, and I think that was in San Antonio. I could be wrong. I believe uh, on that same night it was Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. There you go. Look at that. Look. Be wrong, that. but uh, you know, fact checkers. If anybody's watching in, in uh, you know, in the chat right now, think I'm on to that. But yeah, then it would be their third time and their second time in San Antonio at the Rumble. That's pretty cool. Wrestling, man. so that's pretty cool. So. If we get this match, I, I, you know, it's safe to say that you know Roman Reigns is not dropping the title to Kevin Owens. I, I expect the match to be great, but that's not going to happen. Then you have this big Montreal show for the Elimination Chamber, the Chamber of Elimination. Okay, before we get to that, uh, interesting. It's not a. It's it's so funny because it's not a rumor, right? Like everybody's expecting this Rock and Roman Reigns match to happen, right, at WrestleMania. So I think Meltzer on on the Wrestling Observer said something about like. The, the talk of a possible Rock returning at the Rumble, winning the Rumble, it's been in conversation, right? It's something they that they're throwing at the wall. Whether it sticks or not, we don't know. If this ends up happening, I am not a fan of it at all. I think we could get to Rock and Roman without the Rock winning the Rumble. We don't need that. I don't know, man. I just think, especially on, like, yes, I know the bloodline is portrayed as heels, but they're beloved, right? So to see The Rock come in, and listen, The Rock's beloved too, but I just don't think that the audience, the rea- the reaction from the audience is going to be all that positive if The Rock returns at the Rumble to win it. I, I just don't, I think we could get, a, we could have a different direction to get to Roman and Rock without the Rumble win. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, this is a Vince McMahon move written all over it. You know, this is something that Vince would do. This isn't something I really expect Triple H to do. The problem is Roman has both belts. So it's not even like you can have, if the plan is Roman and Rock at Mania, and the person who wins the Rumble faces the champion at Mania, and there ain't two titles, well then, I guess you have no choice, right? To have the Rock win the Rumble? Because what else is you going to do? You can have Cody... I mean, you can have Cody come back and win, but then he has to face Roman. So then where's the Roman and Rock match? So, yeah, I mean, listen, what it, the only way they can get out of this is if they end up splitting those titles sometime before the Rumble, but I don't see that happening. So, listen, I don't even, I'm not even so sure, because listen, the Rock, his schedule obviously is all over the place. Who even knows if he's locked into this? He can have some movie come up last minute. And be like, no, I'm out. I'm taking this movie role. And then all those plans are off the table. And then, right. you know, whether it's Cody or somebody else, you know, they switch directions for Mania. So I'm not even necessarily locking it in that this is even happening, like that The Rock is even coming back. But like I said, you know, if if that's got to be the match, then how do you get there without the Rumble? Because then who wins the Rumble? You know, I, I want to unless Roman's pulling double duty at Mania, but I don't see that happening. Well, well, first of all, we need we need to somehow separate these titles, or either that, or listen, like you said, Roman pulls double duty. He has to defend a championship on both nights, one for the world and the other one for the Universal. I don't see that happening, but yeah, because I mean need- that would overshadow. Because if, if it's like if it's Cody and Roman, then Rock and Roman. It's like, I don't know, I feel like Rock and Roman's so big that's going to overshadow Cody and Roman, you know? That's why I don't think he could pull double duty. I just don't think it's... I just I'm, don't think I'm it's gonna, realistic. I'm going to throw another curveball at you because, listen, man, when it comes to wrestling, you shouldn't be able to... You shouldn't rule out anything. Sometimes plans change, okay? And we have this big Montreal show happening for the Elimination Chamber, right? 
I don't. We don't necessarily know what's gonna happen at this show, right? I know some people are saying like that'll maybe be the night where the bloodline turns on Sammy. Maybe the bloodline turns on Sammy before um that show <laughs> that could lead to Sammy and Roman match. We don't know, right? What if? history repeats itself once again and we get like a Kofi mania, a yes movement type story where maybe Sammy's the guy that faces Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I don't think, I don't think we should rule that out. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just to throw that idea at the wall, listen, Sammy's so, listen, I'm willing to argue Sammy's so beloved. He might be a little bit more over than the bloodline. As as a whole, listen. Yeah. Sammy has added a different element to the bloodline. If the bloodline turn on Sammy, this could be like on some shit where Sammy's still getting cheered. Like they feel so bad for Sammy, and maybe there's this movement where they want Sammy being the guy to dethrone Roman. I mean, yeah, I, I, you can't rule it out. Like you said, I mean, we've seen it happen in the past, so. Listen, Kofi Mania. I mean, Kofi Mania wasn't supposed to happen. Kofi was never supposed to challenge for the world title WrestleMania. And guess what? It happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, listen. So I I want to see Rock versus Roman, but I don't want to see it for the championship. So in my opinion, like if it was up to me, if I was booking this, I wouldn't even have the Rock in my plans as of right now because... Roman's still a champion, and he's not losing. So, obviously, that, that match has got to be for the championships. I would have either done at Mania Cody versus Roman or Sammy versus Roman. And, listen, like, Sammy being the one to dethrone Roman, as crazy as that sounds, I think that would be awesome. I really <laughs> do. So I mean, because, listen, at this point, Roman's beaten everybody. If it ain't Cody Rhodes, then I don't know who else it's going to be. Why not have it be Sammy freaking Zayn, the guy who's massively over right now? I mean, he's won he's won he won the NXT championship for a brief time, and he's he's he was a world champion. He's world champion material, in my opinion. And give him his flowers, give him his recognition for all the work that he's done. Not just this year, but Dude, you know, for, you I'm know, previous years. SoFi Stadium right now. I'm envisioning Sammy and Roman main eventing. And if Sammy was to beat Roman Reigns, that place will lose their fucking mind. Oh my god, dude, it'd be unbelievable. It would be in fucking insane. Just picture that moment, bro. Like, I don't think it, it sounds crazy, but at the same time, it's like I don't think we should rule it out because we've seen s- similar situations like that in the past with Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Have have the um you know the elimination chamber match with uh Six competitors, obviously, have one guy who's going to end up being taken out, surprisingly, by somebody backstage or something like that. And you don't know who the last person's going to be or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Sami Zayn comes out. He wins the Elimination Chamber. It's the number one contendership or, or something like that. Well, actually, let's see. That can't work because you got the Rumble and you only got you only got, you only got one guy holding if, two titles. So if, that can't work. What if Roman's the guy? What if Roman is defending the the title in the elimination chamber and somehow Sammy gets involved in the match where he either takes out a guy or he's like Sammy's like listen I'm gonna make sure you retain your world titles I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the chamber and I got your back and then the mm-hmm. final two guys is Roman and Sammy and right when Roman's about to pin Sammy 
Sammy kicks out, and in Montreal, yo, that place will go nuts, and they both just have a look at each other, and then that's it. That's the moment. Yeah. But yeah, Roman yeah. beats Sammy. Beats Sammy, and then Sammy gets the match. Yeah. But see, like, that's, but then again, where does the Rumble winner come into it? You know? I, I, they need to do something with the titles. Whoever, yeah, that, wins, the, the thing. whoever wins the Rumble. They gotta make an announcement. Triple H has to make an announcement sooner rather than later. Like this is what this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Whoever wins the Rumble is gonna challenge a title of their choosing. It's either gonna be yep. the world or the universal. At the elimination chamber, Roman's going to defend the other title, right? Mm-hmm. And if somehow Roman retains, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to get he's gonna have to pull double duty. He's double champion, double duty. That's it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're 100% right. They have to do something. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they get there. They need to split these titles up because, yeah, I mean, there's then, you know, the possibilities for Mania, like we're just mentioning, we're going off the record. We're talking about Sammy. We have all these great ideas, but none of them can happen because you have one guy holding both titles. And it's like, unless this guy's pulling double duty, it's like you got a Royal Rumble winner in here. You got this and that. Like, there's so many avenues that they can go and they can't because one guy's holding both belts. And also, I will say, too, with the Rock stuff happening and then the Sami Zayn stuff also, like you just, Sami Zayn is like such a question mark because you don't know how this story is going to continue a month from now, right? Mm-hmm. If the Rock is in the works, I think they should hold off on Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Because yeah, I feel like, fair. I feel, and I love Cody. And I will love, in a perfect world, I will love Cody Rhodes to win the Rumble. But, man, with the Sami storyline, you don't know where it's going. And then also the rock rumors. It's like, where does Cody fit in all this, right? Right, right. And plans change. I also feel if Cody was to return and Sammy's still white hot, I don't see Cody Rhodes benefiting from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, the, the same fans booing him from AEW will come uh, on over to WWE. <laughs> we don't want to see you, yeah. Cody. Sammy. Yeah, Sammy. yeah. No, you're right. Cody does not fit in right now. The this, That injury to him was the worst thing that could have happened at the worst time. Um, and now somebody else is getting over, and that's Sami Zayn. And, mm-hmm. again, the bloodline story, you got The Rock coming in. Ugh. Yeah, Cody just don't fit in. I don't know where he does fit in. I'll be honest. Like, in Mania, oh, I don't know. I, listen, but, he, he's Mr. America, okay? You have him face Austin Theory, and you take the United States title away from him. They, yeah, sure. Throw that works Cody. for me. That, that Cody's, works for me. He's not going to be seen Cody and that United States Championship, listen, they they they're just meant to be. Look at the title, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm then cool you with that. I'm then cool. you build them up to next year for the world title. If if somehow yep. Cody doesn't fit in the world title plans right now, but oh, so we we're pretty much been on a high when it comes to WWE. A lot of great stuff is happening, okay? I do want to mention some 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 interesting, maybe questionable stuff that's happening also. But before we get to that. They did a, a press scrum. They were talking about different things. You know, Triple H did a phenomenal job um, answering questions. Some questions were kind of stupid, but that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> but one question that did pop up was them uh, doing shows like kind of like how they do they do for Money in the Sand in Saudi Arabia and also the UK show, kind of in other places around the world. And one was uh, the conversation for Latin America. Or, you know, maybe they could go to Puerto Rico or maybe they could go to like Mexico. We don't know, right? An interesting rumor came out this week. It's a low-rent rumor. I don't know how true it is. But there's rumblings that apparently they're going to do some type of stadium show in Puerto Rico. And it seems like Bad Bunny could be involved in this. 
if this is the case, I think this is a smart move. Puerto Rico, Stadium, Bad Bunny, why not? Sign sign me up, bro. Mad money. Mad, All the mad. money flow, baby. Put Bad Bunny on that show. Watch those ticket sales fly because he's a huge, huge star. Bigger than a lot of people think. I, I When I first got introduced to Bad Bunny, I did not realize how big of a star he was. But boy, oh boy. Yeah, that just screams money from, you know, in, in for Triple H and for WWE. I mean, that's like a no-brainer move, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Listen, I'm all, I'm all in on on more stadium shows internationally, you know, besides Saudi Arabia. Uh, you know, just do things everywhere. I loved when they did the Australia show. Was it, a couple of years ago or whatever? Um, listen, just do more international shows. That's, I think, you know, it's a no-brainer. Every, everybody around the world wants to see WWE. And, you know, these... The, the stadium shows are are big deals, you know. Yeah, like they, they really are. they stack the card, they and really they are. really look what they do for Saudi Arabia. They freaking all the stories that they you know storytelling they put together, all the big time matches. Those those shows are always stacked. So the more the merrier for me, in my opinion. We were we were fantasy booking like title names for these shows, and you know you had Clash at the Castle at the UK. I said, why not Clash in El Barrio for the Puerto Rico show? <laughs> uh, another go. thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on, and I feel like. This is I'm gonna I'm probably gonna get you fired up with this one. I feel oh, I feel as though oh, okay. God. Listen, we we've been on a high in WWE. Listen, WWE product is great, but at the same time, when we see certain things and you're like, mm, how is this gonna work? Why are we doing this? So Triple H and I get where he's coming from. He's trying to rewrite Vince McMahon and company's wrongs. Okay, so he's bringing a lot of people back. And we got a return on SmackDown. We got um, Tegan Knox. Okay. I like Tegan Knox, talented performer. And we got her now involved. It looks like her and Liv are going to be a tag team, a unit. And it seems like they're going to be feuding with Damage Control or Damaged Control. Who knows, right? That's what it seems like. Okay. I get it. In prior months, we've seen Mia, Mia Yim return. She's part of the OC. That to me fits well. We've also seen Dexter Loomis, and, you know, we, we keep on seeing returns. Now we're getting rumors that Eric Young might be returning to WWE, okay? He just finished up with Impact. Well, there's also rumors that William Regal could be returning to WWE, especially with some of the stuff that we saw in AEW. I don't want to delve on that too much yet because that leads to kind of a bigger story that's happening in AEW. But with all these returns, this is something that, I've been saying about AEW. You can't sign everyone. All right? Now you have another female talent signed to WWE. Okay, I get it. Listen, they signed Emma a couple weeks ago. What is Emma doing? She ain't doing shit. You have all these women now. And guess what? Bianca Belair, she's on a John Cena type run with the world title, with her title. You got Ronda Rousey. You forget that she's even on the show and she has the other title. You got the tag titles yet, yeah, I get it. You know, that's bouncing around. Okay, you're kind of somewhat doing something with them. But, like, you have all these women. We have all these women talent. It's like you can't put everyone on the show. Now, I want to go back to the women, but let me just start talking about, like, Eric Young. Listen, Eric Young, talented performer. Okay, but as much as I like EY, he does not need to come back to the WWE. Listen, I don't want to even see Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green come back to the WWE. The only reason I'm bringing that up is because they're rumored to be coming back. Now, if it's just a spot at the Rumble, a one-shot, I'm subscribed to that. I would like to see Matt Cardona show up at the Rumble. Surprise. Boom. That's it. I don't want to see him ever again. 
put keep him in GCW, keep him doing what he does. Like I like the thing is, unless these talents are just trying to get paid, that's fine. Get paid. But like I look at someone like Tegan Knox, and I believe Tegan Knox is young. It's like, what is Tegan Knox really gonna do longevity wise in WWE? Listen, I don't see her challenging for any of the women's titles anytime soon. I don't see that happening. Maybe she does form a tag team with Liv Morgan. Maybe they end up winning the tag titles. Maybe that that's plausible. But like, I just look at all these towns going going to WWE, just like AEW. This is the same criticism I've been having with AEW. And listen, AEW has two fucking companies. They technically have two rosters with AEW and Ring of Honor. But like, what are you going to do with these towns? Eric Young, what is he really going to do in WWE? Is he going to, you know... Side again with Nikki Cross and form Sanity. Okay, they form Sanity. Then what? What do you do with them? It's just, I don't know. I, I thought what Eric Young was doing in Impact was really, really good with Violent by Design. And I just don't see, I just don't see him having the same opportunity and platform like he did in Impact in WWE. And listen, I know what Triple H is trying to do. I get it. It comes from a good place, right? But at the same time, it's like there's so many spots that you're going to give these people. Like, you're not going to have everyone on TV. You're going to run into the same problems that AEW's having. Yeah, I don't get this. I don't get this one. This is a real big head scratcher to me, unless they're bringing him in. And, and I'm going to wait to see because we don't know yet. We have no info. It's not like, you know, PW Insider just said he's returning to WWE. That's it. That's all we got. We don't, we don't know what type of role he's going to be playing. It could be a backstage producer role. We have no freaking clue. So I'm not going to judge right off the bat and get so fired up about this just yet. But yeah, I mean, listen, he's like the last guy I would even look to bring back. I mean, from, you know, NXT or whatever. I mean, I know Triple H has got his core group of like guys and gals that he loves. Like he's got his his kids, if you will. You know, like Tegan Knox is one of them. She returned on SmackDown. Uh, you know, the Johnny Gargano's, the Candice LeRae's, the Karrion Cross, like those are all Triple H guys and girls, you know? So I understand he's going to bring back some of these people who got wrongfully released. Eric Young, let's be honest, I don't think he was wrongfully released. No offense, I don't want to ever, you know, want nobody ever to lose their jobs, but what was he really offering on the main roster? And what could he realistically offer on the main roster in 2022 or I guess 2023? Nothing. Nothing. And and listen, I like Eric Young. I've been a fan of his work for years. I thought the stuff he did in Sanity was great. All stuff he used to do in TNA. I think at one point in TNA, he was the world heavyweight champion. He was on a great run. Yep. It's 2023. I just don't need to see him back on WWE programming. For what? The Sanity group has been dismantled. Hmm. I don't even know where these, like, unless they're bringing back all the, all the rest of the members but again, for what? Yeah, you know, for, I just don't for see that what? Like they don't have what? trios yeah. titles. They don't like. There's no point in bringing them back together. So I don't know. I don't understand that. But again, I'm gonna wait uh, before judging to see if it's a backstage role or whatever. As far as Tegan Knox goes, I have no issues with that at all. Listen, the more the merrier for the women's division, in my opinion. The women's division needs fresh faces. So I have no issues. I was actually like waiting for her to be another one to be brought back. I don't care about that. That's cool with me. They could keep bringing in women until that women's division gets a little crowded. But I think, you know, having a women's division on both brands, I just think they do need some familiar faces. So no issues with that. Happy to see her back. 
I just think the path that we're on of constantly bringing back people, eventually we're going to run into the same problem with AEW. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, that's we're not there but yet. We're not there yet, but yeah, but at the at, at this pace, we will get there pretty yeah. soon. Um, but again, I just think it's just one of those things where it's like these big companies—they got a lot of money. They're going to spend and they're going to keep bringing in talents to, you know, filter in and out of the, these rosters. And with WWE's case, they do have Raw, they do have SmackDown, and they do have NXT. So I think, you know, there's places for everybody. I mean, we saw Don, uh, Donovan Dijak go back down to NXT. We've seen mm -hmm. Apollo Crews. I mean, you Look, could filter in people listen, on all three about, brands. With AEW. Talking about trying to release people, you know, you just mentioned a name that I think they should have gotten. Well, yeah, of time. course. I mean, I don't watch NXT, so I could care less. I was if listening he's on to Paul Cruz, that guy. But, listen, great. But with AEW, they have they have one show a week, pretty much one show. I mean, yeah, Rampage. If you want to even call it a show, <laughs> but it's a complete pointless hour of professional wrestling. If you even want to call it that. So like, and yeah, they have Ring of Honor, but they haven't done anything with Ring of Honor yet. Listen, so it's not I even fair to say that either. So it's like it's a different case in AEW than I think it will be in WWE. But yeah, I mean, hopefully Triple H doesn't run into those Listen, same issues. I, I had a rampage this week on because I get home late from work and I threw it on. The little bit I saw, because I kind of had it a background noise and I was trying to like get into it, but at the same time I couldn't. That's by far probably the one of the worst rampage episodes I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I Q think it's the worst. Marshall weekly. and Orange Cassidy yeah. in the main event. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who can care? They, they they've conditioned the audience to just like like make people think that Rampage doesn't even matter. You know, it legit doesn't matter. Even even Dave and Brian, you know, two AEW shills. You know, like everybody calls them, right? Brian's like, I don't even he, like. I don't even think he covers. I don't even think they cover Rampage because he's like, nothing happens on there. They, no. they, there's just you don't need to watch it. So, yeah, they've conditioned the audience to just not even you know care about it. One, one last thing on the WWE Women's Division, and this might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion. Not even an opinion. It's more like an idea, right? They're bringing all these women back, and you have Bianca with this, you know, she's on a Cena-S type run, and I'm not necessarily hating on it, but she's on like a monster run right now. You have Ronda over with the, with the other women's title. No one could care less about her, okay? <laughs> I think, and I know some people might be like, ugh. I think WWE should really consider having a mid-card title for the women's division. I would like to see a mid-card title. Maybe not on both brands, but like have the mid-card title kind of be its own thing in all the women's division in WWE. I think it just gives another 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 opportunity to women. I think I, I would really like to see that, man. Especially if you keep bringing back women. Why not? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I think if they do that, take away one of the women's championships then. I wouldn't have two women's titles plus a mid-card title. I just think that's a lot. I would do what AEW does where they just have one women's title and then they have a women's mid-card title. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be tough. But, I mean, yeah, if you keep bringing in more women, you know, I guess. But, like I said, with two women's titles already plus women's tag titles, I think that's a lot. Like, I have no issue with the Bianca run that she's on right now. Like, I get it. She's just having a monster run. But, man, the Ronda title run right now, it's like you forget that she's even on the show and you forget that she's even a champion. It's like there's nothing there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what opportunity is there for women? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I think maybe a mid-card title 
would be something. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's like I just I think, you know, a lot of people feel this way, too, that WWE specifically is so oversaturated. And honestly, AEW is getting to that point, too, where they're oversaturated with titles. It's like literally pretty soon every single person is going to be a champion. And it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like that shouldn't be, you know, like you're being a champion. You should earn being a champion, not everybody getting, you, you know, know what? Oh, it's just, you, you know, since we're on the topic of title. Let's add in a WWE six man title as well. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, that's why not? Why the why the hell not? Or bring back the twenty four seven title? Oh no, no, no! Now you got one step too far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we mentioned William Regal. Let's move on to some AEW stuff. We mentioned William Regal. We were talking about this past weekend. We were talking about like, hey, there's this like very low rent rumor going around that William Regal might be gone, and especially what we saw last week at the time before. What we saw this week on Dynamite with Moxie telling Regal, like, listen, I don't want to ever see you keep walking and just don't come back. It's like, man, that if this is how you write off Regal, this is really weird. Like, you know, but it kind of started feeding into like this low rent, rent rumor that's been going on with William Regal. Is he going to go back to the WWE? What's his contract status? Well, this week on Dynamite, we get the segment with MJF and William Regal. All right. William Regal introduces MJF. MJF comes out. He cuts he cuts a very vintage MJF promo to the point that we got a lot of booze for MJF. We haven't gotten that in a very long time. This felt very vintage MJF. And MJF just starts telling this story on how him and William Regal made this happen. He also starts teasing potential opponents, including Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson. When he starts praising William Regal towards the end of his segment, okay, I was like, man, this seems off. Something's about to happen. The way he started overly dramatic, saying, like, you've been doing this for over however plus years. Listen, these fans hate me, but the fans respect you. I'm like, man, MJF is about to turn on Regal. And what happened? He nails Regal in the back of his head. Regal falls down, knocked out completely. Brian Danielson shows up. He gets um, stretchered out. Then all these rumors started coming out. This They're writing Regal off. Regal's going back to WWE. Regal apparently had a three-year three year contract, but he had a clause in it where he, if he wanted out, he could get out. All these rumors started coming out on William Regal. What happens to the Blackpool Combat Club? <laughs> Man, and this is my stance on the Regal situation. Because I do want to talk about MJF. I like Regal a lot. But I feel that AEW did not use Regal to his full potential and what he offers. To a backstage role, a backstage environment. I don't think they valued Regal like WWE did. And I think the WWE space might be more for William Regal than AEW is. Um, some people might not like me saying that, but that's how I feel. I just feel like if Regal was in a position of power in AEW, right, I don't think the punk thing would have happened. If Regal has some sort of authority, not a GM for NXT, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a position of power, kind of like talent relations. With Tony Schiavone. Let's say there were talent relations. Let's say it was Schiavone and Regal. 
I think a lot of things would be different in AEW. I mean, it's fair. It's fair to say. We don't know what William Regal really did backstage, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't there long enough, to be honest with you. I mean, he's he was basically an on-screen character from the minute he walked into the company. He walked right into that Brian Danielson, John Moxley feud. And then, you know, the formation of Blackpool Combat Club and then, you know, being by Mox's side and, you know, Brian's side and being on commentary for their matches and stuff like that. And now, obviously, one of the biggest things he's, well, if he's gone, the biggest thing he would have done in the company is put over MJF and, you know, make MJF world champion. But it's kind of weird how he's exiting at this time when it's like, well, you know. I guess that's what better way to go out, right? Then, then screw over Mox, help MJF, and then you know, you do the dirty work, and then you're out the door. Um, I think he had a pretty good run as an on-screen character. You oh, know, yeah. if this is the end Absolutely. of it. But I mean, yeah, as far as backstage, I mean, hey, listen, it's not really. I wouldn't even put it on Tony Khan and AEW. I mean, if he wants to go back to WWE, there's nothing they could do about that. So it's like, you know, I would, I would think after he was done being an on-screen character that they would have you know, kept him as, you know, in a backstage role because there was rumors that he signed a three-year deal, but apparently he got out of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as the WWE goes, that was his home for, for God, forever, you know? I mean, Triple H and him have clearly a close, tight-knit relationship. Uh, Triple H wants him back. And again, maybe he didn't like being an on-screen character. Maybe he wants to be more backstage at this point in his career. I don't know. But, um, you know, if this is the end of his AEW run, I really, I don't know. I have no complaints about it. As far as what you said about all the punk stuff probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair. If he was put in a position of power, I don't think a lot of shit would probably have gone down. But they didn't utilize him as that. You know, they have other people back there, though. They Like, they have Jerry Lynn's. They have uh, D'Malenko's. They got, now they got Jeff Jarrett. They've got guys. They've got veterans back there. So, like, I'm not going to say they don't need William Regal. But they don't need William Regal. You know what I mean? So he's going back to WWE now. I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a loss for AEW. He came in. He had a good run. Didn't even last a year. But now he's going back <laughs> home. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny, though, how, like, you know, right away, WWE is interested in you. People run right out the door, right back, you know? Uh, The Blackpool Combat <laughs> Oh, God. Thank goodness I never bought we were talking about this too we never i never bought a blackpool combat club shirt i've never bought any of their merchandise because i just knew this was not gonna last and i'm sorry for anybody that was a big fan and got fooled i know iridian i know you're a big fan and i'm so sorry but my goodness was just a total botch i mean they were what was the point of it (laughs) what was the point can you explain it to me I don't know, man. Like, what was the point of Blackpool Combat Club? Like, what did they do? Like, why did they need to be a group? Just, just to sell merchandise. That's really it. And, and I guess they got that uh, well, that win in in uh, I want to say War Games. War Games, yeah. Uh, uh, Blood and guts. The Blood and Guts. You know, I was, I, mean, I was, was it. we were talking about this too. If you really, really think about it, AEW has really a bad track record of like starting these different stables, and then they only have like a cup of coffee. They get, they make merch, and then that's it. It's over. Like the yeah. only, I think. The only two that we we kind of like said that are still a thing is the elite, and you could even say Jericho Appreciation Society because that was the inner circle. So I mean that that's that you could pretty much say that's the same group if you really think about it. They just changed names, but those are really the only two that are still like a thing. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, it's it's kind of hard. I mean, they've done a good job with those two, but like, it's it's kind of hard to keep stables and factions together, especially when you have like ten thousand different people on your roster. Yeah, but we also have like two of top guys and Brian Danielson and John Moxley who are like obviously going to do other things. They're going to be in world title pictures. They're not going to just be a group all the time and like fighting tag matches and stuff. Like that was how kind of how it started. We thought Mox and Brian were going to win the tag titles because yeah. they were just having tag matches against yeah. each other. And then no, but, it was a full blown group. But yeah, but now they just blew up the group and yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I what, really don't understand so it. But what's it, so crazy it, is that Pro Wrestling Tees put out like I think like a week ago. They put out like a, a Blackpool Combat Club jersey. They just put it out. Who's gonna buy that now? If the group is done, I don't know. I don't know. leave the memories alone. I guess somebody just wants wants something to remember the Blackpool Combat Club by. I don't know. Listen, and I know Iridians. Shout out to Iridian from restaurants. I know she's a big BCC girl. Okay? I know she's gonna be like hating us for. No, I mean we're not really burying the group. We're just like it's just kind of like. We're just, it's just the reality Listen, of it. What like, Ryan what? is trying to say is if you bought Blackpool Combat Club merch, you get one of these. Congratulations. You played yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Riddy, and I love you. I really do. No, no, no wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. She's, so, the, uh, she's, the, she's the biggest fan that I know of the group. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't care about burying anybody else. Any of these other peckerheads out there, I don't care, but. You know, no, but I, so I said this to already. I said this to already. Because listen, technically the BCC is still a thing right now. We just listen, but then next week it might well, not that, be a thing, right? Well, that William Regal to me, I mean, that's it's gonna be hard. And they're gonna be called. Um, they're gonna they're gonna make a new shirt, right? And they're gonna x out the Blackpool part of it, and they're just gonna be called the Combat the Club. Combat Club. So you guys, everybody out there, can keep their merchandise. You can <laughs> maybe just put some put some. Uh, electric tape over the black pool part and you know but well, listen i was telling this to i was telling this to oridian and and the whole group chat that we're in um i was telling them like listen the shield broke up and got back together like 50 different times time. yeah 50 different times before they even hit their 10th year anniversary okay yeah so like yeah. you never know three years from now we could get like a bcc reunion and they'll come out like with glow sticks like dx or something i don't know we, we <laughs> that could that could be plausible you never know i mean hey listen as long as none of the guys turn on each other in the group i think they're you know the group could still be a group but i mean you know you're taking william regal yeah, huge part yeah, out of it man it's it. like uh i don't know it don't work for me like what's their purpose now you get what i'm saying yeah. like yeah yeah. I don't know. But I did like, I, I want to say, I did like uh, how this segment set up oh, the segment MJF and uh, Brian Danielson in the future. I think that's going to be an awesome match, awesome feud. Um, he also put over Eddie Kingston as well. Well, not really. He kind of buried Eddie Kingston. But just just mentioning Eddie Kingston is kind of, uh, you know, you know, what, you, you know what I'm getting at. So maybe that's a future title program down the line, too. So I kind of like how MJF planted the seeds for all his, his future title matches. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I really liked. I think one of my favorite things about this segment was like we got vintage MJF. Like, here's the thing yeah. about MJF, right? A lot of people think like, oh, well, he's one dimensional because he's only he's his thing is just being a prick. But at the same time, it's like for the past couple of weeks when he wasn't necessarily that, he was still condescending, but he was like playing into the crowd. He was playing into the cheers, right? This time around, this week, we got old school MJF again, where he mm -hmm. was being what he does best just an asshole to everyone so 
this idea that he's one dimensional, I think, is even stupid to even have that that type of opinion about MJF. I think MJF knows what he's what he's doing, and I think he's a great performer. And I think this heel champion run that he's going to be on, I think, is going to be fucking great. Oh yeah, strap in, baby. This is only the start. I don't think he's losing his belt for a long time. He's got that new championship too with the Burberry. Yeah, that's right. I love it. The, uh, Triple love B. It. It's right. great. It's great. I know so many people are texting me. Oh, it's ugly. I hear you, but I mean, look, they only did is change the color from black to brown. They didn't even change could, the design. You could barely tell that there's like Bur- Burberry on the belt. Yeah. Like it looks like a leather strap, and it's MJF. Of course, he's gonna have a custom championship. Why wouldn't he? Right, right. It fits into his character and his persona perfectly. It's great. It's outstanding. It's awesome. I love it. Stop bitching, everybody. They'll go back to the old belt with the black strap when he loses it. But let me tell you, he ain't losing this belt, hopefully, anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So he strap needs it to, for the maximum ride, baby. When he when he drops the title, whenever that does happen, he still he needs to be known as the longest reigning AEW champion of all time. Whenever he drops the title. Yeah. 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 He needs to that. he needs to have that. Because yeah, I mean, dude, at this point, he has to hold it until uh, the bidding war of 2024, because that's all he keeps talking about. So if you don't hold it until then, what was the point of him mentioning it like all these times, you know, so he's got to hold it then and kind of do like a CM Punk type of thing, assuming Tony Khan signs him back and everything like that. So he needs to tease the listen, I'm going to take this to, uh, you know, Jolly old St. Nick and my boy trips like I'm going to present them with this title, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. He needs to, that's what he needs to uh, play around with when it comes to the great bidding war of 2024. Let's talk about the elite and death triangle. I know we were talking about like, not that we had any concerns, but it's like, how are you going to make every match different? And listen, what is it? Three matches in already? And we have not gotten the same match, bro. I think both both teams here, both trios teams, They've been doing a great job in these matches, bro. I love this match this past week as well. I love the shenanigans outside. Uh, dude, I'm I'm invested. I'm invested 1,000%. Yeah, it was awesome. And one thing I love about it, <laughs> they didn't do the, uh, oh, the Elite's down 3-0. Here comes this magical comeback where they're going to just rattle off four in a row because that, to me, would have been lazy and unpredict- and, and no, and predictable. I love how they're doing this now where it's 2-1, you can have them tie it up 2-2. You can even have the Elite go up 3-2 and then Death Triangle. Um, they need you know, to go to 7. They like, need yeah, to go like, to 7. It's definitely going 7, but I want to know well, when watching these matches and tuning in, like I want to not know who's going right. to go over. Right, I don't right, know right. who's going to take the lead right. here. If it was like the 3-0 storyline, it's like, you know, the Elite's winning right. the next four. Right. It would have been so predictable. It. it kills it. I'm glad they didn't go that route. So, yeah. Yeah, me too, man. I, I really enjoyed... Uh, I've been enjoying every match they've done. I still think the first one of the series has been my favorite, but still, mm-hmm. two and three still been enjoyable watches, and just props to all six men, dude. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I these guys, I can watch them go all day long and not get tired of it, so if there's any two teams for a best-of-seven series, it's definitely these guys, and they're knocking it out of the park. So... Next week we got the Luchis happening. It's a it's a too big for just one show. We're gonna break down a whole bunch of different categories, um, in the span of two days. Okay, but there's also other things that are happening next week, and I'm either gonna get Ryan annoyed right now, or I'm gonna get him fired up. One or the other. But we have <laughs> we have a Ring of Honor paper you happen, oh, and yeah. we have we have an NXT show too. 
yeah, I have to live out to my standard of watching these NXT PLEs. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know about the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to watch that. You're, I can tell you that you're, right you're just that. completely checked out. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're I, I, so I'm not I'm not going to pay actual money for that show. I don't care about it. It's pointless. I mean, you know, it's, they to me, Ring of Honor just doesn't matter. Until until you get a TV deal or a streaming deal or something like that, and it's, and it's on like a network that every household's going to get, and you make it feel a little bit more important. I don't care about it right now. I hate that it's all over AEW. I think it's dragging the product down. The card for the show is whatever. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad card, but to me, none of these matches even matter. That none of them. I don't care about Chris Jericho versus Claudio rematch. We've already seen Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia. Even if you've if you've seen them wrestle in the Indies, that's just another match that you've seen them wrestle. I've seen them wrestle so many times. I mean, Athena, the other stuff uh, just, Athena and Mercedes Martinez should be a bang. Yeah, all right. That you know, that's that's, that's cool. And that's whatever. Fresh. That feels fresh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, yeah, that's cool. I mean, listen, I like what Athena's been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her character now. Listen, is just I know, I know what match. I know what match is gonna. I know what match is gonna get you. Oh, up. let's hear it. Swerving our glory versus Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. Who? <laughs> I know who Shane Taylor is. I don't know who the other guy is. But why should I care about this? So, so they announced this. They announced this tag match, but there's no FTR tag match. Yo, how crazy is that? And now on Dynamite next week, they're doing the acclaimed versus FTR for the AEW World Tag Titles. How in God's name do you effing book that? Because the acclaimed shouldn't lose, and FTR should not lose again, especially a few days before a final battle. If I had to take a wild guess, and this is without me knowing anything, okay? I'm going to just tell you a a wild guess. I think another team is going to cost FTR these tag titles against the Acclaim, and that's going to be the Kingdom, and we're going to get Kingdom yeah. and FTR at final battle with just, what, like three days before the show, we're just going to get this match announcement, and it's like, this is this isn't, this isn't my other issue. Listen, I love FTR. Arbly, they're one of the best tag teams going on right now. You know what's the problem with FTR, and it has nothing to do with them, is the fact that they get booked poorly by their main um employer and that's tony khan not the shit they knew do in new japan not the shit that they do in mexico it's it's when it comes to tony khan and ftr i don't know what tony khan is doing they get booked poorly because everywhere everywhere else that ftr gets booked on they do phenomenal shit i think that the acclaimed getting so over, screwed over plans for FTR. I truly believe that FTR eventually was going to win these tag titles, but then the acclaimed got hot. Tony had to put the belts on them. They're massively over, so now you can't take the belts off of them. So that where where does that leave FTR for the AEW? You know that, tag titles. That is, and I also, I think that played a part. But I also think the whole trios championship announcement also played a part too with Kenny returning, the Bucks doing the stuff with Kenny Omega, the Bucks yeah. dropping the tag titles because I thought all roads led to Bucks versus FTR, which they even teased. I remember in promos, yeah, I, you would you would have thought FTR and Bucks were the plan for All Out. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's true, too. The trios titles definitely put a wrench in that. I, so, yeah, I think there's just a lot of factors, and now Tony's trying to protect FTR so much that it's like, well, how do you book them then, you know? And I'm, I'm not defending Tony Khan on this. I, I absolutely think they should be on the show more than they are. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's... Uh, and then again, you're going to get another title match for them. And then, you know, you're going to have the kingdom come in and cost them and everything like that, which is fine. But, you know, I don't know. I just, where, where do you go then after that? After the Ring of Honor stuff is over, after next week's final battle, where do you go with FTR and then on AEW television after that? You know? Yeah, man. Listen, I, I do plan on watching this Ring of Honor show, but I, I just, I looked at, I looked at, I think it was like a week ago. I'm like, yo. You have final battle happening in two weeks, less than two weeks, and you have a match announced. At that time, we only had Jericho and Cesaro, Cesaro Claudio, match announcement. That's all we had. That's all we had. <laughs> yeah, and he's been doing this lately with AEW pay-per-views, too, where he's he's waiting until the last th- two or three weeks to book the entire card when, you know, we, we usually saw some announcements way earlier than that. So I don't know why he does it last minute. And then, like, he's going to wonder. I actually saw, like, Wrestle Ticks, I think, on Twitter, like, posted, um, you know, how many tickets originally are put on sale for shows and then how many are available still. Like, you know, he posted one the other day. This show is not selling. This show is not selling. And maybe with the addition of some of these matches, hopefully it does. But, but then he can't be surprised because you don't announce a card. So how do you expect people to just go and buy tickets? How do you expect people to just go buy the pay-per-view if, you know, you're you're, you're throwing this shit together last minute? Again, like I said before, this shit just doesn't seem like it matters. It's pointless. What, um, the venue they're running for Dallas, what's the capacity or what or what's the tickets they have? Do you, do you remember from what you read? <clears throat> they distributed, like, a little over a thousand tickets or maybe, like, 1,800 tickets or something like that. That's it? And they've only, yeah, and they've only... They've only sold, I think, not even half of that. I forget what the exact number is, but I sent it to one of my buddies the other day, and it just it didn't look good. I think the capacity is like three thousand, but they're only selling like a thousand. See that 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 worries me. That worries me a lot. And I said this a couple episodes back. Like, this is not like I'm not a big. I'm listen. I really don't give a shit about ratings or stuff like that, but. I, I I said I told you the example. I think we might have even talked about it, um, like an episode or two back ago. I talked mm-hmm. about like when they ran DC, they didn't run the same venue they they ran for the first Dynamite. When they ran the first Dynamite, I believe is where the Washington Wizards played. Yep. They did not run the same venue when they went back to DC a couple like what was it like two months ago? Yeah, yeah, it's a smaller building. That yeah. to me, I look at that and I'm like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not saying they're going to go out of business. That's not what no, I'm trying no, to say. No, no. But I, like, I look at that and I'm like, man, what what the fuck is happening? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I know. 100%. Listen, I don't know. I'm curious to see what the... what I'm, I'm sure they'll make it on, you know, the pay-per-view to make it look like it's um, really, like, packed out, this place for the this Ring of Honor show. Mm-hmm. But, but let's be honest. I highly doubt it's going to be... At full capacity. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but we're a week out, and I just saw this tweet the other day from WrestleTix. I don't know if you want to look it up right now, but it's it's it wasn't good. It was not good at all. Okay, so I'm looking at Death Before Dishonor, right? That was their last pay-per-view. That was in, mm-hmm. in mass, okay? 
they drew 3,100 fans for this pay-per-view. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was the what was uh what was um the cap on that. I'm not sure, yeah. but I know it was like a smaller venue. But that's a, I think that's a smaller venue, right? Right. But you're say from what you're saying though, you're saying that from for the the, the Texas shows, Dallas, final battle, they yeah. only put on sale eighteen hundred tickets, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe. Is- I believe so. I could be wrong. Let me see if I can find it real quick right now. Yeah, that um Yeah, so yeah, so the current setup and capacity is over three thousand and tickets distributed uh over a thousand. Yeah, dude, that's not uh... a one thousand eight hundred and fifty two is how much they distributed. Available tickets. One thousand eight hundred and five tickets available. <laughs> the capacity is three thousand six hundred and fifty seven. What if what if they booked this man on the card? No comment. My God, you just wanted to play the song. That's the only. What if they would have booked Jeff Jarrett on the show? Do you think that would kind of raise up the ticket sales? No comment. Listen, I didn't get to play the song the last time we tried to do this, so I was like, "Listen, I am not losing All right, this." That's fair. I do like the song. So <laughs> oh man! No, okay, okay. All jokes aside, yeah. Do you think like Tony's just having? He has so much happening with the with AEW, and then you got the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars, and then you got the, his soccer leagues. Now Ring of Honor. Maybe he should just pass over. Listen, I'm not trying to even be funny, but maybe he should. Pass over the Ring of Honor responsibilities to Jeff Jarrett or, or just someone else. No, no, no. I'd be hundred percent. Yeah, pass him over to anybody. I don't give a. I don't care who it is. It could be Jeff Jarrett. It could be. It, I don't know. It could be anybody. I don't even care. It could be Conrad Thompson. I don't even freaking care. Give it to somebody else to run, please. It sucks because it really. I hate. I hate that we're down on like on wrestling, right? But. What, yeah. Listen, we got to call a spade a spade. When it's not good, it's not good. Even though I still stand by what I'm saying, that Chris Jericho is the greatest Ring of Honor world champion of all time. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of the peckerheads. But besides that, and even the match that he's having with Claudio, I'm sure the match is going to be great. But the fact like, oh, well, you know, if Claudio loses, he's going to have to become part of the JAS. It's like... Oh yeah, god, yeah, I forgot about that step. Yeah, it's like, what a stupid thing, man. It's like yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I what don't a know. stupid and lame then another thing. Wheel of Yuta and Daniel Garcia match. Like, I wish it. I wish it would be something different. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I don't. It's it's lame. It's lazy. It's I don't know. We've seen this before. I don't care. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's un- it's really really unfortunate. But that's it. I think we talked about everything that we needed to talk about. Is there anything else you want to add, dude? Like anything else that we could think of? No, not really. I think that's it. I think we covered literally everything from Survivor Series to the AEW stuff to what's going on next weekend. And then, uh, yeah, we got the Luchis and everything. So, yeah, so the Luchis are happening next week and it's two shows because it's too big for just one show. Saturday, Sunday morning, we will be covering Male Wrestler of the Year, Female Wrestler of the Year, Breakout Star of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Match of the Year, Event of the Year. And my personal favorite. Congratulations. You played yourself. Of the year. So 
We're going to break down all those categories of how the Luchis work is we break down the top 10 from 10 to 1 of each category. So you're into a funny and entertaining two shows next week. Um, We also have Ring of Honor and NXT happening. I highly doubt that Sunday morning we're going to come in and talk about anything coming yeah. from those shows. I really Let's doubt it. Let's I, please I, not. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it too. Watch. Well, listen, if they, if they put on two good shows, great. And I'm sure they're going to be entertaining shows. But mm. I really doubt that that's going to change our opinion on like what some of the categories over like the rankings that we have for um, the Luchis. I highly doubt. Now, if it does, then we're going to have to remix something. But <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Who knows? We yeah. don't know. But I doubt it. And that's it. Um, so next week should be, you know, Leo will be here full show. For both shows and it should be an entertaining stuff coming next weekend and those will be the final two shows of the year and then we'll come back hot um the second weekend of january talking about russell kingdom and all that good stuff so uh ryan give me your plugs in all right at lucha outsiders on twitter been posting um a lot of stuff on there we're trying to uh from the events i go to so yeah if you're not following already uh give it a follow all right, you can follow me at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, there's this new gimmick called Hive. I haven't posted <laughs> anything on there in a while, but apparently Hive is supposed to be a thing sooner rather than later. I don't know, especially with the shenanigans that are happening on Twitter. So if you're on Hive, give us a follow. Um, and yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the whole Hive thing. But listen, when, when it ends up, being like full force, I will be hiving, okay? I'll be hiving and hiving away. <laughs> if you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you down, subscribe to the podcast version of the show, iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, LMSLab, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm not. So I gotta. I don't even know what I was about to say. So since Leo's not here, I gotta kind of control everything from where he's sitting at. So I'm kind of lowering down the music a little bit, so we can have a little bit of conversation before the show is over. There we go. There we go. Yeah, dude. Yeah, let's um, talk about the Luchis next week, man. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm gonna start. Up. I'm gonna start sending you some stuff probably at some point today, and just give me your thoughts, your tweaks, everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll go over it. We'll make a good list, of course, like always. And uh, yeah, I'm always excited to see, you know, because you forget about some of the stuff that happened, you know, because it's been a long year. So when it comes to like matches of the year, there's such a big list. Then I might have to send you like two different screenshots. <laughs> Fine with me. Send me whatever you got, and we'll go over it. And uh, yeah, I feel like I don't know about you, but just been doing this. I've been doing these lists like every single year for the Luchi, just to get prepared for everything. It just gets harder and harder every year, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I bet. I don't know how you do it, bro. I give you a lot of credit. I mean, I have some input on it too, but you are the one that really makes the list. So, give you a lot of credit. Yeah, man, it should be fun next week, bro, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, for the old man Leo that's not here, our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, 
Keep it rated R and stay too sweet.